Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. This morning to sing your praise. Lord, we quiet our hearts even at this moment to hear your word, to remind, be reminded of your love, to let go of the things, Lord, that have entangled us. that have entrapped us. Drop those off here and begin anew this week, anew today. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, may it be powerful. Give Victor the words that you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Scriptures this morning is in Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 32. It says, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought back brought the sick to the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall upon some of them he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and their tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. Then the high priest and all the associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts and, as they had been told, began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of elders of Israel, and sent to the jail the apostles. But arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. Then someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts, teaching the people. At that, the captain went to the officers and brought up the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. Having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of a man's blood. Peter said to the other, and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead whom you have killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince 
and Savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. May God add his blessing to the reading this morning. Glad to be here today to share with you in worship. Uh, missed being here the last couple of weeks, and uh, sure better be here than where I was, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, uh, I was blessed this morning as we had our uh, introductory uh, song, uh, praise song, and people came forward and gave their gifts. That's a very uh, special way to give your gifts and uh, make a public uh, proclamation of your support of those who are in need through giving uh, to the one great hour of sharing, and we appreciate that. Today I wanted to talk about uh, balance in life, uh, how life uh, seems to keep itself in balance. There's the ups and there's the downs. There's the sickness and there's the health. There's the north and there's the south. And uh, we'd like to think about two of them that balance in the, uh, in the biblical or theological realm, and that's truth and grace. There's truth on the one side and grace on the other. It's easy for us to either lean towards grace or to lean towards truth, and it's hard for us to keep a balance between grace and truth in our life. And the Bible tells us that only one person was able to keep that balance perfectly, and that was Jesus. In John chapter 1, in verse 14, it says, Jesus was full of grace and truth. Uh, so we first need to think about grace and truth. What, what exactly are we talking about when we're talking about grace and truth? Uh, grace, grace is something that we can talk about uh, uh, we've heard that little cliche, perhaps even now, uh, God's riches at Christ's expense, G-R-A-C-E. Uh, God's riches sending us his son and showing us his love in the person of Jesus. But really, grace is also, in, in the Greek word, it means gift. And so it's a gift of virtue that God gives to us. Only God can give that grace gift to us. And it's given to humans so that we, someday, through trusting in Jesus, will be able to share an eternity of grace with Jesus in a new heaven and a new earth. That's, that's a saving grace, I guess you would call that. And then there's a, another kind of grace that kind of leads to that grace, and that's what the Presbyterians like to call prevenient grace, or I, I'd rather call it just common grace. In other words, all of us are... Uh, able to receive the gifts of God. The Bible talks about the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Uh, good things come. We all enjoy the flowers and so on and so forth. So that's common grace. And it's that common grace, the beauty of the world around us and the beauty of the people that we see and meet and interact with in our lives. It's that common grace that then often brings us to the place where we, we receive the saving grace of Jesus by recognizing, hey, it's God that that gave us all of this grace through his uh, son Jesus so that we might find forgiveness of sins and come and live eternally in his presence. So that's kind of what grace is all about. And truth, truth is, uh, uh, I would say, a consistent uh, state of being in harmony with the way God created things. Being in harmony with the way God created things. That's truth. Now, truth can seem to be different from one person to another, and that's the kind of truth that I would call tentative truth. There's the tentative truth of this world. I remember uh, 
uh, several years ago, 25 more years ago, uh, they came out with this study that uh, said you shouldn't eat a lot of eggs and butter and all that stuff because that would raise your cholesterol and you were sure to die of a heart attack. So my mother went on this cringe where, uh, binge, I guess you would say, where she wouldn't eat any butter and she wouldn't eat any eggs and all that stuff. Well, now we find out all these 25 years later, you know, that truth uh, wasn't exactly the kind of truth that you can take to the bank because they've changed their mind on that. So that was kind of a tentative truth. But then also we as Christians know that there is some what we would call eternal truth. That's the truth that uh, it's going to be the same now, it's going to be the same 10,000 years from now, or a million years from now. That's ultimate eternal truth. And so the Bible assumes that we're going to accept that truth, and that truth comes in the person of who? In the person of Jesus. Because Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so we accept that ultimate eternal truth in the person of Jesus so that we can find Again, redemption, forgiveness of our sins. And Acts chapter 5 gives us kind of some back and forth uh, uh, little vignettes, I would guess, or definitions of this truth on the one hand and this grace on the other. The first part of that chapter that we didn't read this morning, it talks about Ananias and Sapphira. These two folks, uh, uh, they... Um, sold uh, uh, some land because they'd uh, seen Barnabas, one of the other disciples, apostles, so on, sell some land and bring the proceeds to the uh, disciples for distribution to the poor. And uh, they saw how everybody was so uh, enamored with this uh, sacrifice, this gift that Barnabas had brought. So they thought, well, we'll do that. We've got some land. So they sold the land, but the, the story was they kept back part of the proceeds but presented some of it to the disciples uh, purporting that amount to be all of the amount that they had received for that land. And uh, so Peter says to them, Ooh, what have you done? You haven't lied to man, but you've lied to God. You're lying to God when you present this offering before God, saying this is all that it is, and it wasn't. And so a drastic thing happened. These two, because they were so shocked uh, from having been found out, uh, they died uh, because of their lying to God. You see, lying distorts the truth about yourself to God. Lying distorts your truth and your, really your unthankfulness to God for what he has given to you in your life. And so Ananias and Sapphira uh, suffered a drastic consequence. And we see this happen from time to time in the Bible where people were lying to God and suffered the consequences. They were so convicted they died from the shock of being discovered. Other people had other problems that came with their lying to God. Uh, King David nearly lost his kingdom because he lied to God about uh, uh, murdering some other uh, fellow so he could steal his wife. And uh, so there are all kinds of ways in which we suffer sometimes because we fail to uh, keep God's truth in our life. Sometimes... Uh, it might seem unusual to think this, but sometimes God's grace is extended to us by, uh, by uh, refusing to allow us to live in our sins and to allow us instead to suffer the consequences of sin. Now that doesn't seem like grace at first blank glance, but it is because God has not allowed us to continue in our sin, to continue to live in, in the wrong kind of a lifestyle. 
Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 6. He says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then he says, no, he says, God forbid. You don't want to continue in sin so you can just allow God's grace to continue to operate in your life. That's not the way it should happen. And he goes on later in that chapter to say the wages of sin is what? Death, just like what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. But then he says on the opposite side, the grace side, but the gift of God, the grace of God, is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So we're thankful that God's truth is out there, but oftentimes as we see that truth is then fortunately balanced for us by God offering his grace, his forgiveness to us as well. And then we see that uh, uh, there's another twosome here of truth and grace, and that is uh, the disciples performed signs and wonders in the temple as part of preaching the truth of the gospel. In verse 12, it tells us about this. It says there, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. So here they were performing signs and wonders. People were being healed of their diseases. Uh, uh, all kinds of conditions were being improved in people's lives in various different ways because God allowed that truth to be proclaimed by the disciples there in the temple. And the grace part of it was that people were healed. People did believe in Jesus. And the greatest healing of all wasn't the physical healing that these people experienced because they were sick, they got better. Because, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, we're all, life is limited. We're all going to come to an end of our life at some point. So healing will cease when that life ends. But the greatest healing is the healing spiritually that happens in our hearts when we're able to accept Jesus' truth about his love for us accept the truth about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and receive that truth into our life in the form of God's grace and his forgiveness. People were healed that day and believed in Jesus, but the belief in Jesus, that spiritual healing, was the greatest miracle of all. And so Christians there that day uh, were really uh, fearing God. They reverenced God. They even reverenced his people in such a way uh, that they kind of uh, kept them in awe and respect, uh, kind of uh, kept them uh, separate and set apart as these special people of God in this place where they worshipped in Solomon's temple. And then the next section here of truth and grace. The Jewish leaders, this is an unusual truth, the Jewish leaders were jealous of the disciples because of what the disciples were doing. Rather than celebrate, hey, look at the wonderful things that are going on here. People are being healed and people are believing in God. Whoa, what a great thing. These guys didn't do that. These leaders were jealous of the uh, disciples, and so they threw them into jail. It says, the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. They were jealous because... Jealousy sometimes rears its head when people refuse the what? When they refuse the truth. Jealousy ruins grace. Sometimes government leaders even today, unfortunately, become jealous of the influence of Christian people, jealous of the influence that Jesus has in the lives of people, and they demand allegiance. That's what happened to the uh, 
early Christians in Rome, the part of the Roman society was you worship the Roman gods. And when Christians refused to worship other gods, then all of a sudden they were against the government and they were persecuted by the Roman government. And the same has happened down through the years, uh, whether it was in Nazi Germany or whether it was in communist uh, Russia or communist China or whether it's here in the United States even today where God's word is being rebuffed and uh, many times people are not allowed to proclaim God's word without being questioned about their sanity or and questioned about the truth of what they're, what they're preaching. So sometimes jealousy will ruin grace. Jealousy will block grace in people's lives. And so we have to look at our lives and see what is it that might be blocking God's grace in our life and allowing his truth to permeate our life in such a way that our lives will change. But grace was exercised that even though those guys were thrown into jail for preaching the gospel's truth, uh, an angel was sent to rescue them from the jail. An angel set the disciples free and told them, don't hold back now, go right out there and preach the full message of this new life in Jesus Christ. And so that's exactly what they did. They went right back to what they were doing when they got thrown into jail. God's grace allowed them the uh, tenacity, allowed them the fearlessness to go right back to preaching the gospel that they had experienced in the person of Jesus. But truth was also then displayed in the next section. And uh, if you look at uh, the second part of verse 21, it says, When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there, so they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked with guards standing at the door, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. Amazing. Sometimes we wonder what will come of God's truth when we hear it proclaimed and when we see it in action in the lives of people. And that's what happened to this non-believing group of, uh, of, of Jewish leaders. They were fighting against God. They were refusing the guilt that God's Holy Spirit was placing into their life, trying to convict them of their sin and their need to surrender to the truth of the gospel and to accept Jesus as the Messiah. They refused all of that, and when they refused the truth, um, they were uh, unable to change. They were unable to turn from their sin and to face a new direction that God had not only for them as individuals, but God had a new direction for their country and for their people. But they refused that truth. Their interpretation of the truth kept them from God's truth about Jesus. Today, many times we find that happening in our world, don't we? We find people uh, who fail to interpret the truth of God's love in the right way. Our society's interpretation of the truth has kept many people from the truth about Jesus' love and his forgiveness. And so people are unable to see Jesus at work in their own lives. They're unable to see Jesus at work in the lives of people around them. They, so to speak, have blinders put in their eyes. Years ago, my two uncles had workhorses, and they had to put blinders on those horses 
uh, little pieces of uh, leather on either side of the, of the halter so that they would focus their attention uh, forward and wouldn't be distracted by things that were going on around them. Well, these uh, people who refused the truth about Jesus had blinders on their eyes. All they could see was their own interpretation of the truth right smack in front of them, and they couldn't understand the wide comprehension of God's truth enacted in the world around them. So we want to keep those blinders off and allow God's truth to permeate us so that we can see all of what God has in mind in our life. And grace then was exercised when the disciples obeyed God rather than men. Verse 29, uh, the disciples tell us, Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you have killed by hanging him on the tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. So the, the disciples were able to exercise grace towards these people who were being mean to them, thrown them in jail and, and uh, flogged them and all kinds of other things that happened to them. A miraculous thing happens when God's truth so permeates our life uh, that we're able to exercise God's grace towards other people. What we wouldn't do on our own, because we're sinful human beings, when uh, God's truth working in our life helps us to change our direction, and we react differently to circumstances that we wouldn't, uh, we, we, we act differently than we would if we uh, were not yet Christians. So we want to be like those disciples. We want to obey God rather than men and continue to share the gospel, even though people around us may refuse the good news. We have to keep the grace of God available by proclaiming Jesus' grace, even when it's refused by people uh, that we encounter around us. Sometimes even just living the truth of God's grace uh, arouses opposition. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything or do anything. Just your very presence makes some people uncomfortable. The truth of God's presence in your life, uh, the people sense God's spirit in you and sense God's conviction through your life into their life, that, can, that truth in itself can many times uh, uh, bring opposition to the gospel. And so we have to be willing, even when we don't know what in the world's going on, to extend God's grace uh, to those who may be in opposition. And then uh, the, these disciples weren't doing this on their own. All of this wouldn't have happened if it would have been up to the disciples to have done this under their own power, would it? Because here in verse, uh, I think it was uh, 30, uh, that, uh, that the disciples said, uh, verse 32, it says, uh, if you get a preacher that's old like me, you're going to have to get better lights up here. <laughs> pray, pray for a younger preacher so he, he, can, he can see. Either that or maybe he needs to get larger print in his Bible, one or the other. <laughs> that, that couldn't be the problem. It must be some other problem. Yeah. We are witnesses of these things, and so, it, so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given those who obey him. So we are witnesses, but so is the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, and without a good voice, you're in trouble. <laughs> you, 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 you can't accomplish that proclamation of the truth. 
And that's what these disciples were saying. It was through the Holy Spirit who was a witness within them and the other believers that they were able to speak the good news of the gospel. Uh, historically, the church has a term for this. They, they call it the, and I can't pronounce this word, unfathomable. There you go. I got it. How about that? The unfathomable riches of God's grace. God's grace that's so beyond our understanding and our uh, comprehension that it's just beyond us. God's, God's grace and God's truth is that way. And then the grace message is next here when the disciples said, but if, oh no, this is a, this is a, a different fellow. This is Gamiel. He, he was a great teacher and a great leader in the Sanhedrin. He uh, also was uh, the uh, teacher of the apostle Paul before he became a Christian. Uh, but anyhow, Gamiel says in verse 9 when, when the when, uh, when the disciples were, and the leaders were saying, what are we going to do with these disciples? They just won't listen to us. They won't quit preaching the gospel. Uh, what are we going to do? Are we going to beat them, throw them in jail, kill them? What are we going to do? And uh, Gamiel says in verse 30, 39, he says, let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. That's verse 38. But if, if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men you will only find yourselves fighting against God. The grace message is, if the message is from God, you won't stop them. What a wonderful testimony that is of the way the world has worked since that time. God's uh, message is stronger than the opposition. No matter how many people have tried to oppose the gospel, the gospel has, the message the truth of the message has overcome uh, that uh, opposition. So we think about the Roman Empire, those uh, dozens of gods that they had, they just uh, crumbled away into history, didn't they? And we can see occasional statue of them today if we go over into that part of the world. But those gods, nobody believes in those gods any longer. And uh, the great god of, of, the, of the German Third Reich, uh, the supremacy of, uh, of that uh, philosophy, it just melted away and went to nothing, didn't it? It's gone. And uh, even now today, uh, in places uh, that used to be number one communism, and that was all, now Christians have taken over those places. And so many people become Christians that now the God's truth has overcome uh, even that. And so there are probably more more Christians in China today that's supposed to be a communist-run uh, country than there are anywhere else in the world because God's truth proclaimed cannot uh, uh, be overcome. Opposition will, will never stop the truth of God's word. Grace unstoppable as well as grace unmerited, someone has said. The song that we sing, uh, we've heard the group sing... Um, we, are, we were made to thrive. Yeah, we were made to thrive. And I wrote the words down of the chorus. It says, joy unspeakable, faith unsinkable, love unstoppable, anything is possible. And that's because when God's truth is proclaimed, grace is unstoppable. And then we see in the summary of this chapter that, that truth is summarized by the fact that the people believed and they followed Jesus and because so many people believed, 
what happened? The disciples suffered a flogging because, again, jealousy raised its ugly head. And they, were, they suffered because of the proclamation of the truth. But an extra portion of God's grace is always available when, the, when that happens. And so grace was given to the disciples. So in verse 41, it says they rejoiced. The apostles left the Sanhedrin. This is after they were, were beaten. They rejoiced because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. Grace was given to those disciples in such abundance that they rejoiced. They counted it worthy. They thought it was a privilege to having had the opportunity to suffer a disgrace for the name of Jesus. And verse 42 is a, is a good summary verse. It says, Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. Grace was given in such abundant measure for them. And as a cantata that uh, I tried to find the music to this cantata, I was, Don and I were even going to sing it, but we couldn't find it, so I guess the Lord spared you that problem. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> uh, John Peterson wrote a cantata, and in the cantata there's a, a chorus called Full of Grace and Truth. Very simple words. And we beheld his glory... And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth. We beheld his glory, that's the truth part of it. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, and the grace part, full of grace and truth. Have we discovered that balance in your life? Have you discovered that balance between grace and truth in Jesus? You can discover that any time, at any time, by just simply calling on the name of Jesus, knowing the truth of Jesus' love for you, accepting that truth into your heart and into your life, and surrendering to the wonderful grace of Jesus. Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus, for the truth of your word. Thank you for the grace exercised towards us in Jesus, for it's his name we pray, amen.